Welcome to the Coop Tank. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, coming to you from Sweet Recording in beautiful Mount Laurel, New Jersey. You know, people, if you have a podcast, a video cast, an audio book, hell, even if you need a studio built, Sweet Recording is a place for you. Joe Gangemi not only knows his stuff and is honest, but he's a really great guy. So check him out at their website, sweet, S-U-I-T-E, recording.com, or email him at hello at sweetrecording.com. Anyway, we have a great show today, and I was thinking on the way over to the studio that I really don't know my guests that well. Usually I get people I know very well, and I think that makes it important. And what that's my idea is to get people out and talking and that I don't know that well. And the thing I know about them all is they're all intelligent. They're all out there making stuff happen. They all exude good energy, and that's why they're in the coop tank today. And uh, my first guest from the law offices of Linda Hinkle, it's Linda Hinkle. How you doing, Linda? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm all right. I'm hanging in there. Uh, next, we have from Mindset Strategies, Chantel Fitzgerald. Hello, Steve Cooper. It's great to be here. I'm excited for today. All right. And then finally, I'm not going to say it. I, I, I screw a company name all the time. Ratulo. Did I get it? And, Close. <laughs> and, Steve, and uh, company. And she's the founder of Plan. It's Shannon Slamp. How you doing, Shannon? Hi, thanks so much for having me. Okay. So I want to go around. I want you to tell the listeners what you do, what makes you different, you know, all that stuff that, you know, is important that you want to get across. And we'll start with you, Linda. So I am just a lawyer. And we all know that lawyers are difficult, crazy human beings that try to solve problems in the best possible ways, sometimes create problems, but I try to avoid that as much as possible. Uh, I've primarily focus on family law, estate law, and guardianships, and also do some uh, power of attorney abuse cases as well. Um, we're all over South Jersey, and I think what makes us different is we really do focus on practical solutions and trying to help people get out of difficult situations in the best possible way. Okay. How about you, Chantel? Um, so I am the founder of Mindset Strategies. We are a leadership development firm that focuses in on mindfulness, emotional intelligence, executive coaching. And what makes us different is we also have a leadership institute for Black women. So we target companies that want to invest in their Black women leaders to help get them to the next level. Um, so that's a little bit about what we do. Um, and our tagline is we make leaders better. So oftentimes we are in sticky and tricky situations in the workplace um, with colleagues and bosses and everybody else. And so we provide tools and techniques and coaching um, to really help individuals navigate the trickiness in the workplace. And how about you, Shannon? So um, I am the Director of Client Solutions for Rotolo Spiewak and Company, and we're accounting and auditing firm in Mount Laurel. And we are basically committed to client service. It's all we do is we do audits and taxes and planning and things like that. And we can help you and we're with you from the start to finish and everywhere in between. And for plan, uh, it is an administrative consulting firm that I started in 2022. So we just celebrated our first year. And it's basically like a personal assistant slash admin per diem for any small businesses or solo entrepreneurs. Okay, so, okay, Chantel, now you mentioned leadership, and I want to ask all of you, first of all, we'll start with you, what makes a person a good leader in your eyes? What, you know, what traits do they have that you sit there and go, man, that person can lead me? What is it to you that makes someone a great leader? For me, I mean, we spend a lot of time in training around mindfulness and emotional intelligence, so I believe that 
Um, someone that makes a great leader has a high degree of emotional intelligence. So what does emotional intelligence mean? So basically it's being able to be aware of your own emotions and the emotions of others and to be able to navigate in between that. So having empathy, having compassion, um, being able to recognize your own emotions in the moment. So maybe you're getting really hot and heated and somebody is, or you get an email, right? That is very, um, uh, has a tone that you don't like and you want to respond with another tone. Um, are you recognizing this within yourself and being able to leverage your own power and be able to navigate that in a strategic way that supports you and the other person? So um, having, and we use mindfulness because mindfulness is uh, important to be present um, and, and the only way to have self-awareness is if you are present with yourself. So I think, um, you know, being a great leader has a high degree of being present as well as a high degree of emotional intelligence. How about you, Linda? So I think it's being able to pick out the strengths and weaknesses in yourself and in the members of your team. So sometimes people build job descriptions and try to cram a human being into it. Whereas I think a real leader takes a human being and builds a job around them that built that works with their talent if there's someone that really jives well with the culture of the organization and and i think you also have to be aware of what you're good at and what you're not good at i cannot do any accounting whatsoever so i have to delegate that to someone else um i am good at uh marketing so i don't delegate as much of that but i am not so good at um for instance tech level stuff. So, you know, you have to know what you're good at and know when you need to let go of things. And you, Shannon? I agree with both uh, Chantal and Linda. Um, I also think that having this mindset of nothing is above you, so, or nothing is below you. So if you were to go and take out the trash, you can show that you have interns, you're going to do the dirty work, or you're going to do the, you know, more menial um, kinds of jobs to just show that you're all the same and you're working on the same team together. And I definitely think the emotional intelligence and then, then knowing what you know and what you don't know are definitely really big. Now, I'm writing a book about networking. It's called Don't Be a Jerk, The Comedy of Networking. And my opening line basically is, this book will not change your life. I am a firm believer. I don't think a book or a movie can change your life. A heart doctor can, you know, a brain surgeon can, but that's just my philosophy. But there are other people that feel differently. I'm going to ask each of you, if you think a book or movie or something like that can change your, can change your life and has, and if not, has something impacted you? Because I think we get impacted by something. I think you see a great piece of art and it impacts you to say, you know, oh my God, I'm, I might want to paint. I don't think it changes your life. But it's it's a weird question, but I was thinking about that. And uh, we'll start with you, Shannon. Do you think, is there anything that you can say changed your life or not? If not, has something impacted your life? Um, I definitely think the, um, maybe not a book. I've been reading Human Hacking. It's actually a really good book for understanding kinds of um, different types of a, emotional triggers and things that you can find out uh, subliminally from people. So it's kind of interesting to read that about somebody and then, oh, maybe I can change my point of view and how I react with other different people. Um, we, my committee plan has a committee as well. It's free women's. Um, so it's open it's every month we meet and we talk about different things. And some of the things that I've been learning from those girls and learning from the meetings that we've been having is that, you know, I wanted to better myself. So just being around the other professional women 
and just hearing their stories and then reading the books that we have been reading. We read about the four agreements. We did disc scoring and Enneagram. It really kind of changes your whole personality, at least for me. I've been trying to take it and take it a step further and change my personality, change how I deal with certain situations that might be stressful or negative and, you know, things like that. But yes, I definitely think that they can. Okay, how about you? How about you, uh, Chantel? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I do think that books can change your life um, depending on the content of the book and, and what it is. And, and what I mean by that is, can it change behavior in yourself? Can it change your perspective on something? And I've read so many books that have changed my perspective on a lot of things, when it, especially when it comes to money. Um, for example, I've read books on money and how you have a relationship with money and how, you know, depending on how you think about money is dependent on how you grew up with money. Did you have a lot or did you have a little? And what is your relationship to money now? So yes, there are a ton of books that I could point to that has changed my life. And I wouldn't say, you know, and that sounds so profound and things like that, but I would say changed my behavior and my perception of how I think about things for the better, actually. So yes, I think books can absolutely change your life depending on the content and how you resonate with the, with the content and how you want to transform your own behavior into helping yourself be better and be a better leader um, as well. So and I think it's it? really about change of behavior. Sorry. Right, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. I just, for me, I always, I always crack up when people go, it changed my life. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm waiting for like lightning bolts to come down and, you know, something to pop up. Like all of a sudden you're, you go from like a me, all of a sudden I have hair, like it changed my life. This book <laughs> changed my life. But now that yeah. I read it. <laughs> so full disclosure, I have a master's in English. So obviously I am a big fan of reading and books and books definitely have changed my life. Probably hundreds of them. Um, I still teach from time to time. And I, and I think that uh, it's not just nonfiction books, it's fiction books and historical books that can really change your perspective because we have all of this human history and knowledge out there that we can tap into that we can't get on our own unless we tap into somebody else's thinking from a different time period. Okay. And I think it's subtle to your point though, um, Steve, I think it's a subtle, yeah, you're not going to have like total, like, you know, lightning bolts and now you're growing hair or whatever, you know, but <laughs> it's more subtle and it's subtle changes that over time, reading lots of different books can subtly change you into a better person. I think. Okay. Well, there, there's someone on the phone. Uh, they're, 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 they're peeling in and say, Hey, I, I like books. Anyway. Um, I want to ask you, we all, we're all different points in our careers. And, and it seems like now people change all the time. Like you said, you have your master's in English, Linda, but you're a lawyer and Chantel. I mean, I looked at your, your, uh, Shannon, you went to hair school. I went yeah, to skincare she, school. Yep. Yeah. So you all have found the different passages of what you've done. Okay. I want to ask you in your professional life, and this could be any time in your career as a professional, not your personal life, professional life. What was your down point? Like, what was your down point? And how did you pull yourself around to sit there and pull out of it? Like me, I got fired from a job one time and I was really depressed. But I, I said, you know, oh, well, that's a job. And it's, thank God it wasn't a job I kept because I would never want to have that job now. But was there any down points? And how did you rebound? Because a lot of times people... We'll, we'll go through something and we, we think it's the end of the world. Like, oh my God, you know, it's the end of the world. 
and it isn't. It's just it's a it's a bump in the speed a speed bump in the road, and we all hit them. But Linda, we'll start with you. Has what was like the down point of your career, and how did you re redirect yourself? Because you're doing great now. Well, that's that's really difficult for me to answer for a variety of reasons. One being, there's been more than one down point for heaven's sake. Um, as a lawyer, it's like every 22 minutes. Uh, but I think that for me, um, growing up sort of in a working class home uh, and seeing my parents just do everything that they needed to do to to support the family and 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 be as strong as they were, I never really had a moment where I felt like I can't get out of this. Wherever I was, I was always thinking, where where can I go? And perhaps the biggest down point was right before I became a lawyer, because I came, became a lawyer later in life. I was not young. Um, I was very ill, actually. I was I actually almost died. And I was in the hospital getting rejection letters because I had signed, I tried to get into a PhD program in English, and I was getting my rejection letters. And then I got a recruitment letter from Rutgers Law, and that is how I ended up becoming a lawyer. So sometimes the down points are the things that lead you to the place you're really supposed to be in the first place. You just had no idea that was the case. How about you? How about you, Chantel? Yeah, I totally agree. I think those down points are pivotal moments um, that lead you into where you're supposed to be. I can definitely relate to both of you, especially um, a, a major moment in my life was moving my whole life from Philadelphia to Boston for an amazing job only for it to not work out after a year. And I was devastated that I had moved my whole life, you know, to a whole nother state and a whole nother thing only for it to not work out. And then, um, you know, trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life and where am I going and just being completely depressed and not knowing what I'm, what am I going to do with my life? And so that's actually when I found mindfulness, because I heard great things about it. It helps you with depression. It helps you with anxiety. So I'm like, well, I got nothing to lose. Let me give this a shot. And lo and behold, that literally changed my life. And now, and yeah, that literally changed my life because now I am teaching mindfulness and emotional intelligence because I saw the benefits of how it transformed my life into being a depressive person, into being a more positive, excited, present, enjoying life kind of person. So yes, those down moments, I think are pivotal in helping you point to your future. How about you, Shannon? So- I had been in administration for a little while and then I went and I was like, well, I'm going to try skincare. So I'm like, I like my skin. I like helping out other people. I did skincare school overnight. So I was working during the day and then I would go at night during skincare school in Voorhees. And, you know, I graduated first in my class. I had perfect attendance. I did all that stuff. And it was so hard to find a job in the spa field. And this is back in the early, I would say the mid, the teens of the 20 teens. And, um, there wasn't a lot of people that were hiring. And if they were hiring, it wasn't for a lot of money. So you go to school, you do all this stuff and you get into a career. Finally, you're in the spa and it stunk. Oh my goodness. It was great to do. It was really cool to do different things, different people and have like an immediate kind of, you know, this is the results that you give to somebody. So I've always been a person that likes to help people and any kind of anything. Um, and it just really stunk to have put all that money into, you know, 
this profession that I wanted to do only to find out that at that time, everybody was going on, you know, Instagram or YouTube and they're like, oh, take some coffee grounds and put them on your face. And you're like, okay, cool. If everybody's doing that, nobody's coming in the spa or they want it for $20. So it was just a low point in my life. You know, I went and got Christmas gifts at the Dollar General because I was making beyond poverty level when I was working in the spa field. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep the license just in case if I ever need anything to fall back on, but I'm going to go. And I went back into admin and I've been there ever since and I made a career out of it. So it's been something that I'm really happy and it's stunk to happen, but it seemed like it was a catalyst for me. Now, for all of you, I, I follow you on LinkedIn and you all are leaders. You are, and you're female leaders. And I consider, I talked to the other day, I feel leaders are all leaders. But what is the role? What is, is it harder to be a female leader? Because, you know, I would love to say in 2023, we can look across the board, everybody's the same. But if I say that, I'm full of shit. Okay, I don't care. You know, we go through it. We see people who don't look in the same vein. You know, I mean, I see it in people I know in Hollywood. You know, an actor, I call actresses actors. But, you know, my friend Liz, she's 48. She was in All My Children at 16. She's writing now because she's like, you know, as I get older, Hollywood just doesn't have the roles for me. Now, what is it like to be a woman leader, which I consider all of you, in 2023? I mean, is it is it easier? Is it is it still the same pain in the ass where some people don't give you the respect? What is it like? I'm going to start, start with you, Chantel, because you teach leadership and you you know what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, there's, this is a loaded question. <laughs> Take um, it away. <laughs> so yes, there's a lot of work to be done. Yes, we have come uh, a long way, but there's a lot of work to be done when it comes to women in leadership, especially women of color in leadership. Um, you do not see many black women. I'll just take my perspective um, in, in this moment. Uh, you don't see many black women CEOs of major corporations. So let's just be honest. They're just not there. And they are oftentimes in, in terms of black women, they are oftentimes way more educated, um, have a lot more experience, have done all the roles and are extremely qualified and yet still struggling to get to the next level. Um, and that's due to so many different reasons um, in organizations and also to a lot of biases. People often don't see black women as leaders, um, you know, and in top in high level positions. Um, there's other issues where maybe we don't see ourselves as leaders sometimes in being able to get to that top position because we never had that opportunity. So I think that it's important to there's so many layers and levels of this, but to keep it short, I think that we need to be more mindful, you know, of this and also actually create more opportunities for women to get to the next level um, because they are there. It's just a matter of allowing them to have that pathway to promotion. And oftentimes, depending on organizations and where they are, they are stagnated by other leaders um, in the organization and things like that. So um, creating pathways to promotion for women to get to the next level, I think is really important. How about you, Shannon? I agree with that. Um, being, you know, a woman leader, um, I've definitely found that 
people don't take you immediately as like, oh, you know, you're young, you don't have a lot of experience, you're kind of small. So I don't really think that you're, you're the right person for this job, or you know, you're not the right person to represent my company. Um, it is difficult. I love. I think that we've gotten better, um, but there still is a long way to go. I think that having women support women is a really big thing that still doesn't happen. A lot of women see, you know, it's like that whole crab, men crab mentality where, you know, the one crab will pull the other crab down. Like if you, if I can't get up, you're not allowed to get up either. And it stinks because you have to change your personality from a, a self-centered, not necessarily mean kind of way, but into a, you know, I want to help other people. I think if she succeeds, that means that we're all succeeding somehow in a way that's, you know, progressive for every other woman in this world. Um, so I definitely agree with with that. And I do agree with the Black leadership as well. Um, I am the only white person on a Black nonprofit. And color means nothing, but there's a um, president. She's the president of the of the nonprofit. And I will do everything in my power to lift her up and get her you know, as much help as she needs, because that's my leader in that kind of group. So I am all for helping other women and, you know, hoping other women can help me in the future. How about you, Linda? I think it's a really complicated question because there's so many other things that intersect with gender that make the situation different. Age, uh, race, religion, class, all of these things factor in. And so it's not everybody, every woman doesn't have the same experience. My experience is infinitely different than many other people's experience. But I think for the one maybe common denominator is that we all face challenges that are different than most men face. Um, and that also is different based on the man's color, age, and uh, economic background. But I think we have to overcome certain stereotypes about who we are as women in order to overcome those things. Um, we're all supposed to be nurturing. And I can certainly be nurturing, but I think a good reason why I am able to do what I do is because I've reached a point in my life, and that has to do with age, where I really just don't give a damn what anybody thinks about me. And that makes a huge difference in the ability to lead and to do what you need to do to move forward. You know, it's funny you say you don't give a damn what everyone thinks of you. And I think a lot of us as we get older do, and I think we need to. But when you go to LinkedIn, so many people care what people think about them. I always bring up like the, the like scenario, like how many likes did I get? And, you know, likes does not, doesn't translate to business. Okay. Likes, it's like anything, you know, bottom line is you can be the most popular person in the world, but you're not getting any business out of it. You know, I mean, are you successful? Yeah. Cause you have a lot of likes, but what is, what is your experience as LinkedIn? What do you guys like about, and I said, guys, it's something I always say, I always say everyone guys, I, I hate when I say that. Uh, what is your what do you like about LinkedIn and what do you not like about LinkedIn? We talked about this last week while certain words, some people put themselves up on a pedestal. We said people are never doing bad in LinkedIn. Like no one goes, oh my God, I just had a shitty day. Facebook, they <laughs> say that too much. You see people telling their whole damn life story. You're like, okay, uh, calm down there. But with LinkedIn, what do you like about LinkedIn and what do you not like about LinkedIn? And we'll start with you, Linda, because you always post insightful stuff and you post this stuff about the shortage of uh, judges. You post some good stuff. So what do you like about it and what do you not like about it? I like that LinkedIn is more intellectual than some of the other social media and you can post and interact about like real sort of events and things, but it is definitely a different persona. So what I'm going to post on LinkedIn is different than how I'm going to post on Facebook or, or anything else or Instagram. 
And and I think that there's a there's definitely an audience for all of those personas and they're all real. There's nothing fake about them, but it's an opportunity to express something different and something a little more in depth than you can do in like a picture on Instagram or, um, you know, to your friends list on Facebook. Um, what I don't like about LinkedIn is the endless hand messages that you get every time that you open up your LinkedIn, there's like 20 people just giving you this big spiel that they've written to 30,000 other people. And, and I think that's unfortunate because that's never going to sell me or probably pretty much anybody else. And, and so it's kind of a waste of, of bandwidth. I'm doing something wrong. I never get those messages. I only get people from YouTube for this show. I get people who are always like, <laughs> I'm a YouTube, do you need YouTube marketing? I'm like, I've only been doing it on YouTube for five episodes, you know, leave me alone. And you always sit there and what stinks about LinkedIn is they have the X and the check mixed up. So I think I'm clicking no, but then I'm actually clicking yes. And I'm like, well, wait a second. And then I have to disconnect them and I feel guilty. But how about you, Chantel? Because you're LinkedIn, you mix networking stuff and you mix inspirational stuff. I've seen your posts. What what do you like about LinkedIn? What do you not like about it? Yeah, I mean, I, I like LinkedIn for being able to connect with people. And also when you are posting, you're posting to your network. So you're constantly connecting. I've also sometimes gotten some business out of LinkedIn. Um, so I really appreciate it from the standpoint of really building your network and connections and sharing your expertise or sharing um, inspirational things to, um, you know, to your, to your viewers, if you will, or, you know, to the people that you're connected to. Um, so I really do like that about LinkedIn. Um, I have to agree with Linda in terms of a lot of the spam messages, um, that you get and so many people, um, trying to connect with you that you don't even know, or don't even say like who they are in the connection. It's just like, let's connect. So, um, and from my training back in the day, um, you know, it, it, you know, it was, it was always saying like, don't ever connect with people you don't know so that your, your network is very authentic. And so I've been trying to, you know, of course, you know, in that kind of way. So just a lot of spammy kind of messages, but, um, but for the most part, it's really awesome. And I really appreciate LinkedIn and it's really the only social media that I use, um, right now actually so i'm grateful for it how about you uh, shannon um so i feel like linkedin is just a professional facebook facebook um i think that people love to just collect people that they know um i don't really i'm not on there that much and when i do it's usually for plan or for retold spuac to kind of promote something or you know let people know about something and i just feel like you know it can be kind of like a bragging ground like oh i did this really big thing and, you know, that's great. And it's just like Facebook in that kind of aspect. You know, someone went on this huge vacation or somebody landed a really big deal. So you're happy for them either way. Um, there are a lot of spammy messages, which are kind of annoying. You're just like, oh, just go away. Um, but I mean, I like it for the fact that I can follow things like you, Steve. I can follow you. I can listen to your podcast through there. But for other things, it's like, I don't want to follow Apple. I don't really care about the the big companies, you know, to have them, to have me follow you and have your information, it really doesn't matter to me. So I'm kind of indifferent about LinkedIn. Now, I want to talk about mentorship. Okay, I, I've always been someone who 
you know, from when I did com. I, I remember a teacher, you know, mentored me in high school. I remember when I did comedy when I was a young comic, I was mentored by older comics. So, you know, I've always thought mentors were very important to me. And I've mentored a lot of young podcasters because a lot of them don't know what they're doing and they don't know how to get in touch with good guests. And I think mentorship is so important. And I think some people don't have the time for it. And some people really want to do it. What is your experience with mentoring? You know, has anyone really mentored you? And, and do you try not to go out of your way and mentor other people because to sort of give back? And we'll start with you, Shannon, because you shook your head like this. So yeah. you have a uh, comment there. Yes. So um, Bertola Spiewak for a number of years, many years, um, has had an internship program where they will hire with money for pay um, college students and you'll come into the office and you'll learn back when we had it more. We had marketing, we had um, we had accounting, we had finance, we had business development, we had a whole bunch of things. And when I came in, I was actually mentored by um, Dan Rotolo and Greg Spiewak, who the, were the two partners. And I took as much information as I could from them. And then what happened was they invited me to be a mentor through the internship program. So I got to mentor all the kids coming in through business development and administration and marketing. So it's been really cool to see someone with, you know, not tons of knowledge on the subject and come in and then just be their guide to help them, like, just kind of confirm what they already know about themselves or help them with problems that they might have found. And it's just been really great. We got to mentor some of the Yale kids. I don't know if anybody's familiar with the Yale school, but for the kids with um, special needs and autism. So that was really neat to give back. And I really like being a mentor on um, the nonprofit called Building Kings and Queens. And it's all about, you know, confidence and, you know, team building and just teaching the kids right from wrong. We have community service events once a month. So they know that they have to give back so they can start mentoring other people. And just, it's just a, a big circle of helping others. And I've always kind of liked that um, with plan, not to kind of like grab everybody's time with plan um for the past two years we've given back to women's shelters so it helping um and mentoring is a big thing on my end and i will do it until the day i die how about you Chantel? yeah i do think that mentoring is really important i also find though oftentimes people don't know how to get a mentor or they're shy in asking for a mentor or um just aren't coached into into that. So I do think that mentoring is really important. Um, I feel like I've had informal mentors. I wouldn't say necessarily that they were my mentor, but they were people that I called for support. Um, I've had some advisory boards. Um, so that, you know, I guess in, in a sense is a mentorship in, in, in that way as well. Um, and then, yes, I've also mentored others in the form of having interns, um, as well as being a big sister in the big brothers, big sisters program. Um, and also just with the people that I work with, um, as well. And then in my leadership Institute, uh, for black women, we make sure that they all have kind of an accountability buddy, but it's also somebody that they can talk to about challenges that they're facing and getting support from each other, um, as well. So I do think that it is very important, but also I think a lot of coaching sometimes needs to be done because I think a lot of people want mentors but aren't really sure how to go about getting one um and um yeah and that can be a little bit tricky but I think it's a very important thing to have especially to help with your growth and your own leadership how about you Linda so I didn't really think about this until you asked this question but I suppose I have done a lot of mentoring over the years with different interns that have come in and out of the office and 
uh, young lawyers that have worked for me and, 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 and other individuals that have worked for me in different roles. Um, but I, I really feel like it's, it's sort of a very informal thing for me. And it was informal for me when I was being mentored um, early on in my career, both my law career, but also just my career in general as, as, a, as a professional. I started off in politics and, and I had a lot of very informal mentors who taught me so much. And I think, you know, sometimes you don't realize those short little moments that you have with somebody and how much of an impact they can have. Hey, um, we're, I'm going to stay with you on this question, Linda. Um, what motivates you? What, but at the end of the day, when you sit down, what motivates you? Is it money? Is it whatever? I mean, what, what motivates you? So that's an interesting question. I, I, I have thought about that myself, about what motivates me, because I am a very driven person. Um, and, you know, some of it is, yeah, I have to support my family. I need to, you know, I want to achieve certain things. But really, it's the game. Um, and I think I've always been that way. There's uh, whatever game I'm playing, whether it was graduate school or politics or law, it's I want to keep achieving and I want to keep outdoing myself. I don't really I don't really uh, compete with other people, but I am constantly in competition with myself. And I think that's what keeps me going. How about you, Chantel? Yeah, um, I think success motivates me. So when we have a really great leadership training, for example, and people are getting it and, you know, the sparks are flying and people are having aha moments in the session, like that's what motivates me. And it's like, yes, I love what I do. This is like, I can't wait to do the next one, you know, um, so and or even just getting a new client um, is also very motivating, like, yes, or we have like, an, you know, so just working really hard and achieving the success or planning a training and it going so well, um, you know, or sometimes if it doesn't go well, that also motivates me to be like, okay, how do, how can we do this better? What went wrong? You know, how can we tweak it? So I think success and maybe not so great things happening helps me motivate me helps motivate me to do even better or want to even like do even more or can we do this again that kind of thing how about you shannon what what motivates what motivates shine and slant <laughs> uh money's a big factor i will be superficial and say that money is a big factor money can equal happiness i think a lot of people who have never been in that situation where you know you know, a, a financial security kind of situation where, you know, money does equal happiness. My bills are paid. I'm a happy person. Um, but so besides that, I, I like, you know, like the other two, I like to compete against myself as well. You know, getting a client is awesome. Such an amazing feeling. Um, I just made a better new website. So that was really cool. And that motivated me to want to have, have everybody come to the website now. It's just, yeah, the personal successes, I think, is something that's really important in kind of pushing yourself again a little bit further. Like, oh, you got one client? How about you get two clients? Or, oh, you made this deal? Why don't you get a better deal? So it's always that just pushing it just a little bit further each time, I think it's definitely a big motivator. Now, I met all of you through networking in one way or another, and I wouldn't have the show if it wasn't for networking. I mean, I wouldn't have guests. I wouldn't just, I don't know anyone in business world. I've come from entertainment. And I've, I've learned, I've, I've really, I enjoy networking. There's things I don't like, and there's things I do like. And I think it's, it's you got to take the whole ball of wax. I mean, it doesn't come one way or the other. 
what what is your if someone said what is your thought on networking and how important is networking to you what would you tell them Chantel if I said to you what do you do you hate networking do you like networking you think eh, sometimes it sucks sometimes it doesn't and how important is it what would your answer be networking is everything <laughs> it is my lifeblood um and they always say right that that saying is your network is your net worth. Um, that is how I have built my business. Um, and so, and I can see how networking can be extremely intimidating to people and walking into a room and not knowing anyone and having the courage to say hello to a stranger. So I definitely get it, especially from introverts perspectives in terms of trying to meet people in person now. Um, and again, and those types of things, but, but I enjoy networking. I I'm an extreme extrovert. Um, and I really enjoy meeting people and understanding who they are and what they do, um, and finding connections, um, and linking them and that kind of thing. And so I wouldn't have had, I wouldn't have been able to build my business without networking. And that's how I've gotten pretty much all of my clients is through networking or knowing somebody who knows somebody, Right. So I think it is the lifeblood of our leader, you know, of our, of our career, you know, like people need to know who you are in order to get to the next level. And that's so important externally of an organization and so important internally in an organization and also being very strategic about networking as well in terms of who do you need to meet who, who are the important people that can be sponsors for you or mentors for you and and be your advocate when the doors are closed you know those kinds of things so i just think networking is a career's lifeblood for sure how about you, how about you linda so i think that my definition of networking has changed over the over the years i used to be everywhere go everywhere be in person for every event. And I do not do that anymore. And it is a very big shift and a positive one for me and has led to a lot of positive things. Um, for me, uh, social media gives me the broad, but what I really need is the deep. And deep is where I thrive. I would much rather have a smaller, deep network of people who I really can um, bounce ideas off of, share information with, and a larger network who maybe know me peripherally. But the truth is for me that those moments of connection with another single human being or two human beings, as opposed to a room full of people and a cocktail in my hand is infinitely more powerful. And if I never have to go to another cocktail party again in my life, I will be thrilled. <laughs> How about you, Shannon? Um, so I'm a shy person by nature. So going up to people is really hard for me. So I've tried to not go to people that are in groups now. Um, I've, I enjoy networking. I think virtual networking is kind of great because it's kind of like the beginner step into networking. So if I meet someone here, then I can go to an in-person and then see you guys, girls and Steve, and go and be like, hey, how are you doing? I love friends. I'm like the little kid that just wants all the friends in the world. So I don't see, you know, I don't immediately go to networking to get business. I just go because you're going to buy off of your friend anyway. If you trust them, you know who they are. 
So that's kind of my aspect. So I love going up and just meeting people. And so if there's one person by themselves, they'd be like, hey, what are you doing? How's it going? Otherwise, if there's a group, I'm just going to be like, I'll just meet the one person I know. And I'm like, let's go and sit in the corner and let's just talk about people the whole time. But I do think it is very important um, to help build your business or just to get your voice and name out there. It's definitely good. I have one final question. And I always like to ask this question because people always have good insight. What would your advice be to someone just graduating college? You know, a, a 22-year-old, wherever, 25-year-old, 30-year-old, doesn't make a difference. People go through different parts. But what would your advice be to them to sit there, to just guide them? You know, you don't have to sit there and go, like, I, I brought this up last week. Someone wrote on my a Stockton State, my Caldwell Stockton University. They said, you know, what would your advice be to a incoming freshman? And I would say, you know, be yourself enjoy the campus it's a beautiful campus and you just have fun and someone's like well make sure when you get out of school you have the right mentors and i'm like dude they asked about you know fr incoming freshmen but what is what would you give advice to someone who's just graduating college or it could be a trade school or someone who's wanting to start a career what would your advice be and linda we'll start with you because you've had a few different careers so what would your advice be for someone who is younger who's 21 or 22 just out so try things just try them and enjoy them for what they are and if they are not your forever let them go um you know experience life experience opportunities when opportunities come up that excite you take them take your risks while you can before you have families and mortgages and things that tie you down a little bit and and just live that life and you will find your path if you just organically go with the things that that your heart leads you to. How about you, Shannon? Because once again, you did a complete different change. You've been through that, but all of you have been through different paths. What would you, what advice would you say? I would say never stop learning. Um, I think being in any kind of situation, whether it's, you know, a professional situation or even just, you know, go to church and things like that, just never stop learning and then start realizing what you like the most and start working on that kind of thing. So when I liked helping people, I got into the nonprofit. When I liked, you know, doing women empowerment, I created the women's committee. So it's just things that I find enjoyable and find interesting. And I think that people at a younger age should start that instead of waiting till they're like, oh, you know, I've been in, in the field for 20 years and I finally got to do what I wanted. I think starting that as soon as possible is definitely beneficial. And you, Chantel? Yeah, I would say, you know, I, I like it. Well, everybody's answers. I collaborate, you know, I, I guess a combination of, of what everybody's already said, really. And I guess I would add is just, you know, trust your gut and your own instincts, um, you know, about things. If you don't feel like something's right for you or a right path for you, then then trust that um, and, and try something else. You know, like Linda said, experience different things to really find out and yes, be a continuous learner. And I would say, you know, trust your gut. And, um, and also I realized that having confidence when you're just starting out can be really challenging and tricky, but really trusting what you know and being open to learning new things, I think is really also important and to be open and be curious, um, I think would also be some advice I would give and be kind to yourself along the way, because things aren't always going to work out. Um, so don't beat yourself up about it. Be kind to yourself, be open and be curious. 
Well, that's awesome, everyone. Now I want you to, uh, as we wrap up, I want you to all give your, how can people get in touch with you? We're going to give you commercials. Uh, Linda, we'll start with you, Linda. How can people get in touch with you? Okay, well, uh, at Hinkle Law on Facebook and Instagram, lindahinkle.com, L-Y-N-D-A-H-I-N-K-L-E, because my mother was weird. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, Chantel. Yeah, feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm pretty much always there. So Chantel Fitzgerald, um, Mindset Strategies. You can also uh, check us out or even the Leadership Institute for Black Women all on LinkedIn. Um, and then my website, MindsetStrategiesLLC.com. And Shannon. If you're a woman and you want to join the free networking committee that meets once a month, um, you can email me. Uh, and then if you wanted to talk about plan or Vertolis View, so if you need administrative services or you need taxes or <laughs> accounting, I'll just give you one blanket email. So you can do info at um, rs-co.com for Rotolo, or you can do Shannon at plan South J or sj.net. There you go. So people reach out. These are all great people. They're great leaders and they have good energy. And as you found out, they have lots of wisdom. Uh, you can email me at the coop tank at yahoo.com. Uh, watch the past episodes on YouTube. Just search the coop tank and I have five or six roundtable episodes. Go to the coop tank.podbean.com. You can hear some uh, me interviewing some one-on-one -on -one leaders from my friend, Tony Luke Jr. to uh a bunch of great people, Bill Hoffman from Western Pet, uh, not Hoffman Pest Extermination. Anyway, so check it out. Uh, check out Sweet Recording, S-U-I-T-E, recording.com. Uh, you can check out them and uh, check out Joe Gangemi because Joe Zemani does a great job. If you want to start a podcast, reach out to me and Joe. We can get you in studio. We can coach you. So that's about it. Uh, keep listening to The Coop Tank. Everyone have a great week, and I will talk to you next time.